The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten Podcast, brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis here to get you in all your Cowboys information, Cowboys news, fresh off of their fifth win of the season in impressive fashion, 43-20 to against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the Cowboys, man, they, they came out of that bye week with a looking like a team on a mission and they were out there and they, they kind of handle business on all three phases before we kind of get into it. Aiden, how are you doing today? My friend doing well. I last week, since it was the bye week we got to make predictions about the upcoming game and I predicted a Cowboys loss and I, I will leave the predictions to the pregame shows because I could not <laughs> have been more wrong. It's all right. You know what? I, the, the pessimism, you know, was rightfully there, right? Cause I think up until this point, we had seen a team that had shown us, you know, Jekyll and Hyde type situations. Yeah, I think I even used the term like, you know, this we haven't seen a real game, you know, outside of the Los Angeles Chargers. It was either a really big beatdown or a really big loss. And, you know, yeah. I think it's fair to have criticism, but you know, I was a little more optimistic than you were, but I'm not gonna sit here and say I thought they were gonna do what they did today, because this was, was super, super impressive. That was complete and I do think you wouldn't you obviously wouldn't be able to tell just by watching the game today. I do think the Rams are a good team and I think they're going to kind of get lopped in with like when you talk about the quote unquote like when people talk about the quote unquote teams that the Cowboys have beaten and like they haven't beaten any like actual teams. I think the Rams are going to get like lumped into that. I think the Rams are a lot better than their records suggest and I think today's win was a lot more impressive than if like if you've never watched a Rams game you just see like what they were 3 and 3 going into today 3 and Yeah, no they were three and, yeah. 3, three and, and 4 heading into 3 and 4 3, three and, four. and 4 heading into today. You're like, "Eh, they're not a great team." I think the Rams are pretty good and it for my money will likely be fighting for a wild card spot, spot coming the end of the year assuming Stafford's healthy. I mean, to be honest with you, I am um... I have I have respect for him. I I thought they were a formidable opponent. Um, I I think I don't think it's crazy to think that that they were gonna give us a game. I mean, with Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford is a gamer. He showed a little bit of that today. They have a, a running game that can work. Um, defense has been gritty. It it's been tough, but this is this is the type of football you see from a Cowboys team 
that we've become accustomed to seeing. And what I mean by that is they get out early, they score on the first drive, they find a way to keep everything in front of them. And then just like a snowball, once it gets rolling, it becomes really hard to stop. And that's kind of where the Cowboys are the most comfortable. The problem is, is not every game is going to go like that, right? So I think finding ways to to steady the ship when it doesn't go right initially, kind of like what happened with the Chargers game, they were in a real fight and they found a way to win a game. This week was much more of like what we've come to expect from the 2023 Cowboys when everything is clicking for them. I will. This is to me different than the Jets, Patriots, or Giants win in that the offense was could not be stopped today. And so even if those defensive, like if the block punt doesn't happen, the pick six doesn't happen. Even if that didn't come, I do think the Cowboys still ha- like handily beat the Rams just because because of the fact that they're were they punted once at the end of the game. Like the the offense could not be stopped. The yeah. Rams got a lucky tip drill interception. Like mm-hmm. the they're, this offense finally clicked, and when you have like when you're clicking on both sides of the ball, if one side doesn't show up in a given week, the other side should be able to help you out. That's a that's a great sign of a team that will be competitive. Absolutely, let's kind of look at it. We're gonna roll into our some of our initial thoughts. We've already kind of started to talk about it, but let's kind of dive into some of these stats and we'll kind of assess them as we go. Dak Prescott, surgical, 25 for 31, 304 passing yards, four touchdowns, and that one interception, like you mentioned, rating of a 133.7. The beneficiary of the most of that was CeeDee Lamb's career day, 12 receptions, 158 yards, and two touchdowns with 14 targets. So, I mean, right off the bat, let's start there. Uh, Dak Prescott, this offense, CeeDee Lamb, coming out of the bye week, this got to feel like what they've been telling us to be patient about, right? This is the type of performance that they said, Hey, this is coming. Don't kind of don't give up on our unit just yet. It was everything that fans have been wanting to see. It was, it was literally like McCarthy went into the bye week and was like, okay, every criticism that people have about this offense, I'm just going to completely flip. Like Dak Prescott's finally taking shots down the field and, As a result, CD is eating because he's the one that's running those deep routes. They're targeting Brandon Cooks way more. As we talked about last week, Michael Gallup definitely saw a decrease in targets. The passing offense looked great. The red zone offense clicked. Finally, I did. Did did they saw? Obviously, you had the interception, but they didn't kick a field goal in the red zone. I don't think it was like everything that was wrong with this offense. They I, there were a couple screen passes, couple passes close to the line of scrimmage, but for the most part, they were driving the ball downfield. They were heavily targeting CeeDee Lamb. Brandon Cooks got more involved. The red zone offense worked. It was exactly what we've been wanting to see and a complete 180 from the criticisms that this offense has faced pre-buy. So, yeah, they were two for four in the red zone, but, you know, that is, you know, the pick was one of them, right? So, but yeah. for the most part, um, it was an improvement, right? The 50% isn't the highest, but you, you feel good about what they were able to do. And I think one of the most impressive things for me, or at least what I thought of in this offensive group was that first shot, the shake, the Jake Ferguson down the middle for the touchdown. Like that's a, it, that's a play. The tight end finally caught that. Right. And that, that's exactly what I was about to say. Like that's a play that the tight ends haven't made yet this year. You know, Dak put it on them. It has to, it, it, it's a good play, right? Like make no bones about it. Like you're going to get hit. It's a tough catch. But those are the plays that we've seen Dalton Schultz in the past make. And those are the plays that these young guys haven't made yet this year. But when I saw that, 
I'm like, okay, we get the seam work going. We're trying to get Brandon Cooks more involved. CD Lamb is being CD Lamb. I'm like, this is kind of what the offense is looking at. And and I and I looked at. It. I didn't know any numbers or anything like that. But I was just watching the game, and I'm curious to see how you feel about it. But early on, I was like, they don't seem to be running the football like at all, right? Nope. So it, it seemed like the first like nine or 10 plays were like passes, which I don't know if it's true or not, but it just felt like that. And so when I look at like Pollard's numbers, Tony Pollard, I'm not really too worried about it because this game felt like, Oh, we're going to attack the secondary, you know, we're going to let the ball in Dak Prescott's hand. And, and how do you argue with the results, right? Not every game is going to be like that. This team is showing us that they're okay with running the ball and making that the, the focal point when they need to. It just, they didn't have to today. So I know there's going to be some conversation about who should the Cowboys bring in. Is Tony Pollard not as explosive? I personally am not too, too worried about that this week. No, McCarthy definitely deserves his flowers for saying, yeah, the run defense or the run offense is not as efficient as the passing offense right now. Why do we need to run the ball? We can... If, if we want to quote unquote run the ball, let's just throw short passes to Jake Ferguson, short passes to these receivers and just pick up four yards that way. Because that, I mean, that, he finished with an 8% completion percentage. You put the ball in your quarterback's hands. Yeah. And I, if I had to guess next week against Philadelphia, who has a great run defense and a very beatable secondary, I'm praying Mike McCarthy does the exact same thing. He just says, yeah, we're not going to play in your cards. We're not going to, we're not we're not gonna let you eat with your run defense. Dak Prescott's gonna carve you up. At least we're gonna we're gonna give him the opportunity to do so. So that's moving forward. If you're facing a good run defense, like the Eagles, the Lions are on our schedule. That these are teams that you don't have to just stick with the same old, oh, let's run the ball. Eventually they'll tire them out. No, just pass. Absolutely. And and you can use the passing game as an extension. And you always hear that. It's cliche, but it's true, though. Like you got to you got a guy like C.D. Lamb and get the ball out quick. That's in, in, in itself itself is almost like a run play. Right. You get it out quick yep. to the line of scrimmage. You kind of spread them out. You use your speed on the edges. You force them to cover, you know, all 53 and the third of the field. Um, so there is ways to like air quote, have the running game in there. But at the same time, it doesn't have to be the traditional sense if it's not working. Now, if it is working, you know, jam it down their throat, control the football and, you know, score touchdowns and and, and prosper. But, you know, don't force something that isn't there. So t- today's offensive um, output was kind of everything I had hoped we'd see. And we had saw it last year with Kellen Moore. I think it was just really good to see Mike McCarthy be the be the, the orchestrator of it this time because we hadn't seen that so far through seven games. It was... Mike McCarthy is he it was a masterclass by McCarthy today I think he he's been hearing the criticisms and he responded in a big way one I I do want to talk about one aspect of this offense that very encouraging after a horrific start the offensive line specifically the interior offensive line was excellent today I did Aaron Donald got that early sack after that I didn't it was did Aaron Donald's name even get called after that? Yeah. It was I think Tyler he had two Smith. sacks, but like they came like you said very early in the game. Yeah. It was the first four plays were like scary. It had me like legitimately oh, yeah. worried. Like even though they moved the ball, they had a penalty. Like I think the first three plays were like negative or a sack. And I'm like, oh man, like they're they're in trouble here. And it was it was like Truma Doga got beat on the first play. And then it was Terrence Steele got beat like on the second play. And you know what I mean? It was just, it was brutal. And and then Zach Martin got beat, which I was Zach like, Martin, okay, if yes. Zach Martin's getting beat, we might be in. But then after that, I mean, Dak was using his legs a little bit, scrambling. He was helping out the offensive line. They had a 
a pretty good day against a good defensive line. Absolutely. And 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 Dak Prescott even mentioned it. I think he I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have the quote in front of me. But he said after the game, when asked about, you know, making the running game more a part of his game plan, he said he realized against the San Francisco 49ers, he wasn't running the football enough and he wasn't using that weapon, you know, to the offense's, you know, strength. And I think he's used the last two weeks to prove that, hey, I still got this. I still can do it. I mean, he had four carries for 19 yards. Um, You know, his long was 12. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. His long was nine, but he's four for 19, 4.8 yards of carry, like using it when he had to. Um, He's kind of ran, rounding into form, right? I think his stats aren't really indicative of the impact and how well he's actually playing. Like, I know he has five interceptions and three of them came against the 49ers, but uh, I think Dak Prescott in this offense, right, when, when Mike McCarthy took the training wheels off and is kind of letting this offense do what they do, it, it this really is the fit that we always thought always thought Dak Prescott was made for, and now they're just opening it up a little bit more, and I think it's coming at a good time. No, this often, I mean, we've been saying it for a while. If you take out the Niners game, which we're not going to completely ignore the Niners game, that was embarrassing. And but if you take out that game, Dak Prescott is having an amazing season. It's not coming in the way of stats and touchdowns. It's just highly efficient. I. I mean, real quick looking at it. Yeah, his last, let's let's go back. So he had an 80% completion percentage today, 70% against the Chargers. Niners was 58%, 82% against New England. Arizona was another down game, 62%, 81% against the Jets. Like that is in the, out of the last six games, three, three times he's hit an 80% completion percentage. That's absurd. I hate to like oversimplify it, because it's not fair and it kind of gives an excuse and I'm not trying to do that. But I think the 49ers game more so than the talent, right? We've just seen the 49ers lose three games to teams that that we thought the 49ers were able to roll through, right? Like, you know, to lose to a PJ Walker at Cleveland and just, you know, find ways to lose games in three in a row. Now that game felt like what we talk about with this Cowboys, where if they didn't get out front, three and outs offense couldn't get anything going the the snowball effect went against them right and that 49ers game got out of control to the point where they couldn't find themselves back into it you throw in the interceptions you throw in the frustration and and that's the world you live in uh so i i think anybody would agree and it doesn't matter right it doesn't matter what i say about this but 42 to 10 is not really indicative of what the talent discrepancy is between the two teams and i think you know, I would rather play other teams in the playoffs because we're 0-3, <laughs> but I think the Cowboys know if they were to play, it'd be a much tighter contest the next time. I mean, we've been hearing it from... I, we didn't love hearing it after the game, but the this this Cowboys team is very confident that they are on the same level as the Niners. I, I can't really say that... Like, I'd like to believe they are, but I can't definitively say so because, I mean, you're, they did get beat by 32 points last time they played. But, man, it's... The Cowboys are they're they're still contenders. There's there's still absolutely there's still life in this team. Absolutely. And and so just looking at some of the stats before we wrap up the offensive section here. You know, Brandon Cooks, three catches, 49 yards, along a 25 for that touchdown. Like beautiful touchdown. I, it I mean it was amazing. Like that I, I said it before he even threw the ball. I saw him beat him off the line and I saw Dak like kind of load up on his back foot like he was ready to, you know, let it go. And I'm like, oh, that's gonna be six. But that's like what they brought him in for. You know what I mean? That's that's what the Brandon Cooks has been brought into Dallas to do. So I his numbers aren't going to be gaudy, right? We got a guy like CeeDee Lamb who's going to get 100-plus almost every game, and he's going to be the main focal point. But Brandon Cooks is 
you know, two weeks now of 40 and a touchdown, 38 and a touchdown. Like if, if we can get the yardage up a little bit more, like I'd be, I think he'd be happy with that and I'd be happy with that. But as long as he's making game changing plays and scoring touchdowns, I don't think anybody's going to be upset with what he does. We finally used Brandon Cook's right today. You like that last <laughs> touchdown, that beautiful ball, by the way, it was like, that's exactly how you need to be using Brandon Cooks because his speed, he will consistently beat defenders. And that's the way you need to use them. Also, one, like just to highlight how good or how much more that the Cowboys offense is pushing the ball downfield lately. Up until the 49ers game, the Cowboys sat at like Dak Prescott sat around 6.5 yards per attempt. The last two weeks, he's at 9.1 and 9.8 yards per attempt. He is. Yeah. And that's I a large part of that is what Brandon Cooks is helping with. I there's very there's a lot of reason to be encouraged about this offense absolutely and you know before we wrap up the offensive section is there anybody else you want to highlight talk about discuss before we kind of move on to the other side of the ball i mean he's never going to be a huge contributor but when rico dowdle comes in Mm. i've I've loved every single time he touched the ball he doesn't get a lot of attempts yeah he does and it i rarely see a negative run from him it always seems like it's a consistent four or five yards that guy he's a very solid rb too one of the things that I really enjoy about him, and I won't spend too much time because I'd spoke spoken about Rico Dow for months now at this point, but he runs like every time he touches the football, he's like appreciative of it. You know what I mean? He runs the <laughs> football like I'm gonna run through a dude's face, like the paraphrase Marshawn Lynch. And and that's he runs forties. He's a hard I think he should get more red zone touches. I mean, I, I know Tony Paul is the game, you know, he's the guy you gotta make plays with, but if you Rico Dow finds a way to squeeze through the cracks. He always falls forward. He runs hard. He runs tough and he's got fresh legs. So I don't know. I think, I think as the season goes, they'll evolve and they'll, they'll find different ways to use them. I will say, and this is special teams, but I just thought about this. We got to stop hurting Cavante Turpin, man. Every time the guy Dude, makes play, somebody on. messes it up. Like I have a, a inside joke on my family and like my wife specifically, every time Cavante Turpin gets a punt, I'm like, oh, he's about to get busy. He's about to get busy. And my <laughs> wife goes, he got busy. And I'm like, no, it's coming back. So it's just, you know, I, I just can't wait for my guy to get busy just one time. That was, it was the most demoralizing punt return attempt because you, everybody watching clearly saw Nishan Wright just tackle yeah. the defender. So the flags came and I was ball, like, you knew it yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> and then Turpin starts taking off. And in my head, I'm like, Please don't return this for a touchdown. I don't want to see Turpin like then notice the flag and realize that his first touchdown's getting taken back. Like I, I was honestly rooting for him to get tackled because I feel bad for the guy. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S Y L 
V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's so funny. But as we kind of wrap up the offensive side of it, we'll switch over to the defensive side of the ball who had themselves a day two. I know we were talking about the defense as a whole, but I kind of want to open the floor up because I know you wanted to talk about the secondary. Is there anything specific you want to talk about? Go ahead. I'll let you kind of speak on it. I mean, there is one name that I I could spend 20 minutes on. Deron Bland. It makes me miss Trayvon Diggs that much more because if we had Diggs and Bland, nobody's completing a pass on the secondary. The fact that Deron Bland's, like, the pick sixes, the interceptions, those are really cool. But those just, I mean, we saw it with Diggs. They're eventually going to come down. He's not. Those aren't always going to come. I've been so unbelievably impressed by Bland's play-in and play-out ability to stay on a defender they talked about it a little bit during the broadcast but the fact that bland was able to follow tutu Atwell, who is a speedster he, he bland was able to follow him sideline to sideline and then make the pass breakup like it, it wasn't just like he made the he followed tutu Atwell on a drag tutu caught it and bland brought him down no bland then broke up the pass against a speedy wide receiver where he had to cover sideline to sideline Bland's coverage skills are amazing. And then he makes the tackle on Cooper Cup. Like, he's also a great tackler. Yeah. Bland is everything you want in a quarter cornerback. And it has been amazing to see his second year jump. I'm glad you said that. And this is a spoiler alert, but do you know who led the team in tackles today? No way. Yeah. Jerron Bland led the team in tackles with seven total, six solo. And he had the pick six. Like, my man had a game for the ages. I think I said it. I tweeted it. If he, oh, actually, I didn't tweet it. I said it in the Blog and the Boy Slack channel. I said, he's like the household name that isn't quite a household name yet that, like, has to be. For for once, yep. I think the Cowboys have, like, a severely underrated player on the team. Usually people accuse the Cowboys of getting overrated guys. I think Deron Bland is the one dude that isn't getting talked about enough. But you see guys like Ryan Clark and some of these national guys singing the praises of him. I think it's really just beginning. I I mean... And Gilmar actually had a very solid game too. He deserved yeah. his flowers. Gilmar, like the fact that Puka and Cup did nothing today, and those are two of the best receivers in the NFL. The second, the entire secondary deserves their flowers. It's not just Bland, but I mean, at this point, you're you're not moving him back to the slot. I, I'm thinking a season ahead, but you're not moving him back to the slot, right? You're keeping him. A, he has to stay an outside cornerback. It's. I mean, yeah, I think. Um... I don't know what the future for Gilmore holds, right? I don't think he'll be here. Yeah. I think they'll draft somebody early. But I do think like your two outside corners right now would probably be Deron Bland and Trayvon Diggs. And you try to you try to go get a slot guy. I think Jordan Lewis, I don't know what his contract looks like, but you go and get like a, a slot guy. But yeah, I think the future prospects for Deron Bland are pretty bright in this team. I this is fascinating to see. I'm I need to get a Bland jersey. I am in love with <laughs> Deron Bland. Yeah, and so just you were talking about it with the Puka Nakua and the Cooper Cup, and that was the two main reasons why I was very nervous about this Rams yep. team is I thought they had two guys that could really change a game. Puka Nakua finished with three receptions, 43 yards. And, you know, from the impacts he's been having, that's, that's nothing, right? He, the guy was, you know, top five in receiving. And then Cooper Cup, who's always liable to go off four receptions for 21 yards. And you could see him at the end of the game. Stafford had to kind of like give him a, a pick me up because he was super frustrated. Like that is a well-rounded performance by this Cowboys defense, this Cowboys secondary. It starts with the guys up front and, and the guys from behind, you know, 
uh, the secondary there. Everyone just played so well, so tough. And I think it's just the, they, they really should get their flowers. Like you said. Yeah. Like to highlight it, what you based off what you just said, Puka cup and Tutu, their big three receivers combined for 21 targets today. Matt Safford targeted him 21 Man. times <laughs> that turned in to nine catches, nine catches on wow. 21 targets for like they, the Rams have one of the best wide receiving cores in football and the Cowboys secondary just completely shut him down. This is so encouraging knowing that, hey, look at next week. You have another great receiving court coming into town. And like, I am so much more in, so much more optimistic that Dallas will be able to handle AJ Brown and um, Devontae Smith now after seeing that performance. Absolutely. It's, it's so true. Like, I know it's a week to week, game to game, you know, feel, but when, when this defense, this defense and this team as a whole, plays with confidence they become one of the best teams in football like undoubtedly when the cowboys have that swagger and that's kind of one of the things i'm like all right they get up early it's like 26 to 9 or 26 to 3 at one point and i'm like this is where it gets fun this with this football team this is where it gets fun because guys like michael parsons can pin his ears back you know demarcus lawrence just does everything like all the dirty stuff he does it so well like he, he plays the run he he absorbs blockers he just wins off the line of scrimmage like it's this is where this team scots the hunt and i know that's their saying and we have kind of scoffed at it before but they earned the right to rush the passer and so like they did that and and it's Micah Parsons is a monster. I know I know one of them came back and ended up being incompletion, but he could have had two sacks on the day, you know, with a fumble. And yeah, enough good things can't be said about this defense today. You know, like they score points, and we, you know, after you get your thoughts here, we'll touch on the special teams. But all around, man, all three phases, what a day! What I was just so like, what happened at the end of half and then the opening drive? Because the defense. Literally, they completely shut the Rams down. The Rams got nothing yeah. outside of like the end, the last drive of the half, and then the first drive coming out of half. I was like, it almost just looked like they just decided to take those two drives off, and it was like, okay, I guess we'll decide to play football again. And then once again, it was just absolutely nothing. It was just really, it was very odd. I really do think it's a little bit, a little bit of that, right? I think they got comfortable. I think there was a little bit of a. You know, we'll play soft, you know, let's try not to get hurt. We're kind of leaning on these guys a little bit. It's it's not that, excuse me. It's not that they don't have like a killer instinct. It's that like they were like, oh, man, we're really putting it on these guys. And then they go into that like hurry up and, you know, you're a little bit of, you know, under you're a little bit out of breath. So I don't know. I have no excuses. But I think right when you thought like, oh, this might become a football game, they stomped it out. So I think I'm, I'm happy the fact they were able to kind of nip it in the bud. No, I mean, I don't actually i will say in the moment i was a little bit worried when they brought it within 16 points yeah. i was just a little bit reminiscing about that vikings colts game last year and mm. just praying that we weren't going to be the new meme but <laughs> i mean i wasn't i wasn't actually worried about it but it was just it felt so out of place that it was yeah. just weird so let's talk about real quick before we kind of change topics here the special teams man sam williams uh, we had already talked about Kevante Turpin. Like, that's going to eventually happen, right? Like, Nation Wright's going to not block somebody in the back. Kevante Turpin's going to be able to hit one. Even if he doesn't score, like, he's liable to go for 30, 40, 50 yards at any given time he touches the football. I love the fact they're getting him involved on offense. But let's talk about John Bones Fossil's unit here because Sam Williams is a game-changing play. I know he's a guy who's really chomping at the bit to get on the field more. And I tell you what, if he continues to make plays like that on special teams – 
it's going to be hard pressed to keep that guy off the field. No, and the funny thing was, is he blocked that punt, which was an amazing block. He blocked it so hard that if he he blocked it too hard to where he, if he didn't, yeah, if he didn't block it, if he blocked it a little bit worse, he probably he probably recovers it for a touchdown. It worked in the Cowboys' favor, but I think the more the the funniest part about that whole sequence was then the Cowboys once again forced a three and out on the next drive, and then Sam Williams is he's close to blocking a second punt. Like he ran up the middle and like in frame, I was like, I was yelling, I was like, oh, he's a block, he's about to block another one, <laughs> barely he missed it, but he he deserves a flat. I am interested. I mean, we have a great pass rushing unit, and it's understandable. Like the depth is incredible. Why hasn't he gotten more involved? Because he was a guy that everybody was predicting was going to be like the second year yeah. breakout on the defense. Do you? Is there? Is is were we just misled about how good he might have been performing? I think this is my assessment of it, and I obviously have a positive view. I don't think it's something negative about him. I think it's something positive about Dorrance Armstrong and, and a guy like Dante Fowler. Like Dante Fowler was like a bat out of hell on, on, on a yeah. couple of run plays, and he's been able to make some game-changing plays, and Dorrance Armstrong has, what, three sacks on the season. So I think Sam Williams would be a fringe starter at least on majority of passing rush units. But here he's a rotational guy who wants the ball more. I mean, to be on the field more. So I don't know if it's a negative thing to him. I think his future is still bright in Dallas. And I think they still have big plans for him. Cause I don't know how much longer they're going to keep Dante Fowler around. And Dorrance Armstrong seems to be, you know, a trade bait in everyone's mind every year. But I do think Sam Williams, if he gets a head on straight, cause you know, he's had some off field transgressions yeah. and that's kind of why they're, tiptoeing around like making him a big focal point i think a little bit but on field play the guy is a stud and i and i talked about it last week when we were talking about him he's gonna end up being needed at some point this season he just needs to keep his head on straight the opportunities will come and in the meantime if you can do what you're doing on special teams it's gonna help this team immensely and at one point i think he was even a gunner like to think about the guy his size on special teams on the punt i mean he's out there running with wide receivers and 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 cornerbacks and just using this athleticism. So the guy is a freak of nature. His time's coming, even if it's not right now. No, I, I trust I trust Dan Quinn and his and what he believes the personnel should be on a given mm-hmm. play. I but I'm with you. I want to eventually I'd like to see Sam Williams pass rushing snaps increase because it's in the past, he just needs half half of his play he needs to kick out because it is always he makes a great play and then he turns around and he like body slams an offensive lineman and gets like a 15 yard personal foul play if you cut out that second half the dude's a stud and i i want to see more of him on defense but you're right i mean this team's incredibly deep so i don't blame dan quinn for going with the other studs that we have yeah so let me let me ask you a question i haven't even i just thought about this right now and this is a unique situation so i want to present it to you we have a segment here where we're supposed to do game balls. In my opinion, offense and defense, very obvious choices, right? In my opinion. Yeah. yeah. So with the being so obvious. Well, the question is, is I think there's two obvious choices on offense. Mm-hmm. Who, who is, is your uh, uh, CD? Is that the obvious? Yeah. It's CD and okay. Dak, right? Yeah. In my opinion, CD and Dak and then defense is obviously Durant Bland. Yeah. We can, we can spend time on that or because it is officially. Monday morning while you're listening to this Eagles week and we know how important this game is. We can spend the next 10 to 15 minutes 
kind of talking about that and what that matchup is because this looks like to be the game of the year. And as we're not a preview show, we don't get the preview too often. So we had run down offense, defense, special teams, the Cowboys going to five and two in an impressive fashion. Do you want to spend about 10 minutes talking about this Eagles matchup? Absolutely love it. I will say real quick, my game ball mm-hmm. was going to go to McCarthy. McCarthy, I love it. See, if I knew you were going to do that, I probably would have. No, I'm just kidding. No, let's. I, I'd rather talk about Eagles week. Okay, so let's look at it. Now, I'm going to say something bold to lead it off. 7-1, they're the real deal. Look like the best team of football right now. Highly beatable football team. Highly beatable football team, right? And, and yep. this game means a lot. I mean, this game, as you're sitting there, if the Cowboys, let's let's flesh it out. The Cowboys find a way to win this football game. They're six and two. The Eagles are seven and two. Half a game back with control, right? Because you beat them head to head. That helps with the control. And once the bye week comes, whatever the case may be, with that as well, looking out the month view, you already handled the Rams. If you can beat the Eagles, there's a real chance you can go four and oh in the next four games. Yeah. Do you, after the Eagles, it goes. Giants, Panthers, Commanders. Yeah. You could go five and up if you include yeah. the, you know what I mean? So there's a real chance. Now, this Eagles game, you don't want to take anybody for granted. This is a very important game. We know what this game is between the fans and the fandom on Twitter and everything like that. This is this is going to be um a true, a true test. And but I say every game that the Eagles have find a way to win, you got to give them respect. It's very hard to win in the football game in the NFL. But they they've they haven't had Nobody's closed them out yet, and I think the Cowboys team are good enough to do that. What is your initial thoughts on the Eagles and what this game is going to present for us as a Cowboy? The Cowboys match up great with the Eagles because the Eagles win. They they win in the trenches. Their offensive line's amazing. Their defensive line's amazing. But their offensive line is now going to have to go up against, for my money, one of the best defensive lines in football in the Dallas Cowboys. And as as I mentioned earlier, you can avoid their defensive line using quick passes don't don't let Dak stay in the pocket too long but let him let him air it out because this secondary is entirely beatable so neutralize their their defensive line and then use your amazing defensive line to beat their offensive line I also will say the Eagles offense is it's incredibly frustrating to watch because it is just exact like more so than the Cowboys, just two-yard dump-offs. Two-yard dump-offs to, to DeAndre Swift. A quick hitter to A.J. Brown. They rely on those players breaking tackles. Not from what I saw today. That is not going to happen against the Cowboys. Deron Bland yeah. will put A.J. Brown on his back. Absolutely. And that's the thing. You know, similar numbers between Hurts and Dak this week. I think they both had 300-plus and four, and four touchdown passes. Um, but the Cowboys secondary and the Commander secondary are not really in the same stratosphere. So it, it won't be as easy. And like you had mentioned, I'm glad you said that because as, as good as the Eagles are and as much respect as I have for them as a football team, they they do match up really well for the Cowboys. The Cowboys ha- can do a lot of things um, that the Eagles will probably be frustrated with. Like we can run, we can we can throw the ball, we, we can attack their secondary. I, I know James Bradbury is an all pro last year and I know Darius Slay is, you know, respected, but they can be had and, and the guys behind them are not that good. And you saw that the Eagles are adding safeties because they need, they need more help in the secondary and the linebackers are nothing really to write home about, but those, that front four is the real deal. Hassan Reddick and you got guys like, you know, Jalen Carter and, you know, some of those big boys, Jordan Davis. So 
I mean, they can, like you said, you can neutralize them, throw the football, get the ball out quick, and but match up, you know, position to position, the Cowboys can be successful successful with this team, and they've been playing with a little bit of fire. Like for them to be seven and one, and to skate by all these games in 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 dicey fashion, I think the Cowboys are good enough to kind of put them on notice this week. Yeah, to emphasize the point you made about the fact that this Eagles secondary can be had today. Sam Howell threw the ball 52 times, put up Yikes. a 75% completion percentage mm. with on 397 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, a 114 quarterback rating. That is Sam Howell. <laughs> and dropped 31 on him. Yeah, and dropped 31 points. Dak Prescott can he can slice and dice this Eagle secondary. They are yep. not what they were last season. The one question I do have for you and the one area that the Cowboys do not match up well against the Eagles. And for that matter, the one area where nobody matches up well against the Eagles. How do you feel about us stopping their running game, which is their bread and butter? That's, that's where they make their money is that offensive yeah. line paving a hole for or paving away for DeAndre Swift. It has to be a concerted effort. Right, because the Eagles are totally content with as frustrating as it is. I've you know, I've sat there and watched and hope they've lose football games. Where I'm like, you can't stop the run. If you don't stop the run, they're not going to stop doing it. So DeAndre Swift is a playmaker. I know you're a Georgia guy, so I'm a big fan of his. I was a big fan of his. <laughs> the guy can play. You know what I mean? He can run the football. He's fresh legged. He's getting a real opportunity. Um, they have guys that can use. I mean. Well, the Cowboys struggle with the guys who are able to run the football. Jalen Hurts, he's got a big knee brace, but he's not afraid to run. Um, you're right. The running game is going to be the focal point, and they can do stuff offensively you know, through the air, but they want to do it through the ground. So if you stop that out, you force the game into Jalen Hurts' hand, and, and even though Hurts is capable of beating you, I think most people would take their chance with him throwing it rather than the team running it. Yeah, I I do agree. Like, if the Cowboys want to focus on it, they can shut down the Eagles. Maybe they, I, I think Dan Quinn would be able to shut down the um, Eagles rushing game if he wanted to. Like if you look at the next best running back or the next best rushing attack they face so far is Christian McCaffrey. He ran for two point seven a carry on the Cowboys. So like mm. they can stop down. They they can yeah. shut down the rushing the running attack when they want. The question is, and what we saw in the 49ers game is can you put both together? Can you stop that rushing game, but also not allow Jalen Hurts to carve you up through the air? Like it's, it, that's going to be the question. It's kind of an oversimplification and a stupid way to put it, but that's going to be what the game hinges on. Can you stop DeAndre Swift in the rushing game while also limiting guys like A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith? Yeah, I mean, I'm there with you. And the thing is, I'm a, I'm a stats guy. You're a stats guy. Like We, we like to lean on analytics to kind of help us with our thinking, but... I can't ignore the emotional factor of this game, right? Michael Parsons yep. and, and what he said about the Eagles and kind of just the history with these two teams and what it's been like over the last recent history, how it's always been these two with the division and, and the Eagles are a real good football team. And so I, I can't deny that the emotional factor will be involved. And we had saw how that burned the Cowboys against the 49ers. They, they dubbed this a huge football game and they came out flat, nervous, whatever the case may be, they weren't ready to rock and they got stomped out. I think with the familiarity there with the Eagles and the fact that it is a divisional game puts the emotion, the familiarity, all of that into focus. But I think the Cowboys can channel it into a positive way. Now, analytics is going to matter and situational football is going to matter. But I think this team is going to come out ready to play 
Philly is a, is a hostile environment, right? It's the Eagles fans. You know, I, I give them a lot of grief, but they are passionate about their team. That's going to be a factor. I think if we can go into Philly, find a way to win the football game, I think it changes the entire complexion of the season, the viewpoint of the season, how fans of the team view the team, how they how national people view the team. And ultimately, none of it really matters. But when I just talk about emotion, I think that can help this team going forward. Yeah, you mentioned it. So you mentioned two things that I, w- I want to talk about off of that. Number one is if the Cowboys win next week, you said it alters the trajectory of the season. I couldn't agree more with that because after the Dallas game, you, the Eagles go on a bye. After that bye, they then have to go to, in three consecutive weeks, Kansas City, at home against Buffalo, at home against the Niners, and then they play Dallas again. There is yeah, this. There is a world that exists that if the Cowboys win uh, next week, the Eagles don't win a game until the Cowboys see them again. Like that's I'm not predicting it, and it's not no, it's but likely not going to happen. Possible. But that world does exist, yeah. right? And think about and, this, right? There, the Cowboys win. They're six and two. The Eagles go into the bye seven and two. The Cowboys then go against two. They play the Carolina, uh, the Giants. They play the Giants. They end up seven and two. So by the time the Eagles get out of their bye week back to football, if they lose to the Cowboys, they're no longer in first place in the division. The Cowboys is seven and two going into a game against Carolina. And who'd you say they were playing the Chiefs next? The Chiefs. So now the Cowboys are playing the Panthers. The Eagles are playing the uh, the the uh, Chiefs. Then the Cowboys go and play Washington on Thanksgiving. And then the Eagles got who'd you say the the Bills or the something? Bills? Yeah, the Bills. yeah. The, like you said, and I I guess you just opened my eyes up to how vitally important this game is to both teams. This could, I mean, I don't think they're looking that far. But if if there's a wandering eye to the future of the schedule, this game could have massive imp- implications for this NFC East race. Uh, this is whew, it's where I'm. We're only in week <laughs> nine, but this is a big, huge. I do, I do want to ask you because we t- we talked about this after the um, Niners game. You didn't like how the Cowboys like they they did the typical like oh like we're better than this we'll be better. Dak Prescott tonight after the Rams game had a very interesting quote. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know your your take on it. So mm-hmm. Jerry Jones said he doesn't want to talk about the Philly game. Uh, this is per uh, no see Patrick Walker, by the way. Jerry Jones says he doesn't want to talk about the Philly game because he doesn't want to, quote unquote, poke the bear. Dak Prescott was told of that, paused, smiled and replied, quote unquote, pour honey on me. If I'm ever in a fight with a bear, pour honey on me. I'm looking <laughs> forward to that type of fight. Well, here's my opinion on it, right? If they win, it's badass. Yeah. If, if they lose, then I'm like, oh, man, I wish I didn't say that. No, but honestly, I love the respect because, you know, at the end of the day, what is said doesn't really matter. It's how you play. So you can go out there and be like, I guarantee you'll win. And it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Like, I there, I guess if you need bulletin board material to get up for this game, you weren't ready anyway. So whatever the case may be. I think it's cool, and it's one of those legendary moments where if he goes out there and calls a shot and plays well against the team that he historically has played well against, um, I think we'll look really fondly back on it. But you know how Dak Prescott is. If he goes out there and throws two or three interceptions and the Cowboys lose, they're going to be crucifying him with that with that comment. So uh, I hope for his case they find a way to win. <laughs> Just Okay, so it's not we're not getting at ourselves with that quote. Nah, nah, I, nah. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Again, if we I win. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. But like I said, that's a that's a check. Now you got to go cash it. Yeah, I agree. 
Absolutely. So again, uh, I know we had a little bit of eight to 10 minutes there of Eagles talk, but the Cowboys do get their fifth win of the season against the Los Angeles Rams, 43 to 20 in impressive fashion. It feels good to talk about the Cowboys on the winning side. That is how you come out of the bye week and get a W. So uh, unless there's anything else to add here, Aiden, you got anything for me? Just beat the Eagles. That's it, man. That's it. So uh, next time we talk to you, we will be t- dissecting a Cowboys-Eagles matchup. And like we just talked about here, keep it locked at Blog and the Boys. We're going to have you covered all week. It will be a big game. It will be high intensity. And uh, we appreciate when you guys like, subscribe, do all that stuff for us. And reach out to us on Twitter, too. I mean, it's going to be a fun week to be on be on the socials. So from Tony Catalina and Ada Davis, another episode of the First and Ten Podcast brought to you by Blog and the Boys powered by SB Nation. We will catch you guys next week. Peace.